Welcome back to A Very Nice Day with Kelly Grace May. We have a very special guest with us today. We have my older sister, Morgan. I'm Kelly Grace May, which is a weird complex right now that my sister is having because we went to an event last night and no one knew me by my first and last name. And so when she went up to say my like first either last name, yeah, either last name, original or new. Yeah. So that's just like a weird identity. And then process. I was like, wait. This is weird. Like, should I be saying Kelly? And I was like, hi, I'm Kelly Grace May. And they're like, oh, my God, come in. I'm so sorry. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, this is embarrassing. I know. It's like this weird thing right now that I don't know. Have you I told should. everyone the origin story of Kelly Grace May? Yes. That my name is Kelly Grace May. I'm having a very nice day. The, right. The song that mom used to sing me. Yeah. And then yours was. My name is Morgan Pierce. I think I'm very fierce. And then, like, we kind of all built We need to call Billy and ask him what his was. I know his. It was mm -hmm. Billy Jr. I'm feeling peculiar. Mom <laughs> feels like really weird. She's like, I didn't know you guys would like really hang on to these songs, you know? So we'll just go. This is Morgan Pierce. I'm Kelly Grace May, and this is Morgan Pierce. Morgan Pierce. I love that. I love that for us. Yeah. So we had a fun day yesterday, but a weird day. I had a lot of realizations. Let's just like recap the day. So, well, my day started way earlier than yours. Mine started. So, at how did yours day start? So mine started at 6.30 in the morning getting ready for a princess party because I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old son. Three-year-old girl, two-year-old son. I had like five of her girlfriends. Can you call them girlfriends at that age? They're girlfriends. Yeah. Like, but she also, really has, she also has a group of guys. Yeah. Well, she has, she has, friends. Friends. No, she only has one. No. She has one guy friend. Whatever. Wes is really yeah, important. Yeah, he's really important. And he, like, balances out the group. Totally. So we had five girls dressed at 9 a.m., dressed in princess outfits. And then, yeah, one— And obviously our mom. And then, well, then Wes was in a, a Hulk costume. So oh, yeah. we just, like, rounded it out. And then I— Mas he's my, bringing the masculine. I dressed my toddler in the tuxedo from your wedding. Good. Get your money's worth. And I just, like, also, quick anecdote. Like, this is how it starts. Like, I could barely find Chase, whose birthday party it was, like, princess costume. and uh, But I, I steamed Cooper's tuxedo. Yeah, this is how it starts. And this Sweet. is how many yeah. other conflicts. Anyway, so that's how my day started. And my mom showed up. Our and mom. Our mom. Our mom. Our mother. You have to stop saying my mom. Our mother. <laughs> she showed up in a full-fledged, like, dancer recital costume. Like, for context, bar them. for context, our mom has been, would, I, would you say competitively dancing? <laughs> I mean, I think, like, spiritually dancing. <laughs> she got Shout out, shout out Arthur Murray. Shout, shout out, out Arthur Murray. Yeah. Like, quick plug for Arthur Murray. Um, no, she got into dance when our dad, when they our got dad, divorced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after the 150 years of them trying to get divorced. Totally. After reconciliation number three. After reconciliation. No, no. Eight. Re number eight. We don't know. We'll never. She always recon like references reconciliation number eight. Totally. So I think that's when it was. That a was toddler asked me yesterday what a reconciliation was because it like got brought up. Right. Day. Of course. But they're on good terms. They both came to the princess party. My dad came in normal clothes, though. And of he course. was like overwhelmed with my mom. But so my mom <laughs> has these like... Crazy dance. Quarter, are they quarterly? They're quarterly? dance recitals. They're dance recitals. They're you're thinking like a dance competition. Yeah, <laughs> like a team. <laughs> like but she, she does. Moises, that's <laughs> a partner. I have him on a mug. Okay, that's yeah. And so she has this like. I actually want that mug. She, I, I'll give it to you. Actually, no, I won't. She has this crazy blue ball gown that is like hundreds of dollars and i'm like mom this can't be right that you're spending this much money on this dress uh-huh yeah mm -hmm. but so that's well what she's she getting her money's worth she that's is she's 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 <laughs> re-wearing it she is outfit repeating price per wear is low and that's what she wore to 
the princess party. And it's it was fitting. Like you would think that she got a custom outfit. No, and and quite honestly, like she was put to fucking work. Like she's always put to work. We yeah. were upstairs, everyone was having champagne mm-hmm. and like no one knew where their kids were because mom was like like there was a dance recital in the basement. Yes, amazing. Exactly. But I just thought like for context, like I went to it from a three year old princess party to your like fashion events. And I was just like, Right. Oh, what a fucking right. So Morgan came in from the princess party to the city and we went to the favorite daughter slash world's first podcast live recording with Tinks and the Foster Sisters. If you don't listen to their podcast, they're hilarious. Oh my God. And I just like really giggled. Like I giggled. I I they're they're like very it's giving us. It's giving us uh I saw myself in them. Yeah, but I was like, oh, I'm I'm like the meaner. Like I, like when I was listening, I was like, wow, I'm like the meaner one to you. I thought they were equally mean to each other, and I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just thought they were like, I just can listen to their banter all day. But my biggest takeaway is I am investing in crystals this year. 100%. Me like, I'm gonna, I can't believe I haven't like already. I know. For you too, especially. Yeah. You're like into like woo-woo stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And our other takeaway is that Tinks is so snack. Okay, yeah. So obviously I was like, she's so snatch. I can't believe you guys are like, you, you guys are the same age. I, like, whoa. I know. I know. It's, um... It's it's like it is funny listening to somebody your own age like talk and give advice. And she just is so like she's she, an articulate queen. She's an articulate queen. I mean, she, and she just like her. really ha- like I mean, obviously we're big fans of Tinks's podcast in general. Yeah. But yeah, of course. I mean, she's a smart girly. Yeah. She's beauty and brains. But like, I just think that a lot of the things that she talks about are so relatable and she does not come off as judgmental. Like, like, she's not like, I'm better than she, you. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I did all of those things. Yeah. I hope that that's how I come off. I'm like, I snorted pre-workout. Like, I am not better than you because I like don't drink most of the time now. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, I did crack accidentally once. Like, I, well, I am not better than anyone. No. And I'm always here to make you. And that's why, like, my goal is to, like, cancel myself before someone can cancel Mm -hmm. me. So, like, I've just been, like, let's get it all on the table. The only things I don't say are things that could, like, impact other people, like our father. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is tough because there's a lot, a lot of, of good content. Yeah. I'll leave to save it for a rainy day. Yeah. yeah. Leave it on the table. Yeah. And then we went to the Frankie shop. We did a little shopping. You got a gorgeous blazer. Gorgeous. Even for short girls. Even for short, short girls. You short will. girls deserve oversized blazers too. Yeah, but you will have to get it hemmed. Which sucks because it I know, was I get $400. We just, I think that's like in short people's budget. Like right. Under you have to too. bake it in. We did Frankie shop. Then we went to Reformation. You got, you were on a mission to get a going out top, which is kind of like, this is the resurgence right now of the going out totally. top. Totally. Like, I feel like I had my babies. I don't know what people, well, I didn't, I mean, obviously don't know what we were wearing in college in general. We don't want, and we don't want it. And we're, we're all set. Yeah. But actually, you were like well dressed in college because you went to Miami and not like the one, the fake one in Ohio. No, you're totally wrong. Like my style in Miami, like if I bring up some old photos, I liked it. Because think about like the Jeffrey Campbell like platform. You loved the platform rollerblades, basically. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, the sock bun. Like you didn't really, yeah. You weren't there for that. 
Yeah. You were still in high school doing I just, like, when I think of you in college, I think of you, like, with that backwards hat photo of you, like, in a red lipstick in Liv with a backwards hat. And, like, you yeah. just looked so cool. Dude, you're making me sound like a dick. No, you sound like you looked so I, cool. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. I was like, she's the coolest person ever. I was just, like, ducking and wobbling through right. life. Right. Makes sense. So then we went to Bond Street for dinner. Loved. It's just reliable. Like, it's just a reliable good dinner. Anyone that shits on Bond Street is... No, I'm over it. It's dead to me. They're dead to me. Like, anything... Like, have some loyalty. Like, and, and some respect. Yeah. Like, anything... For your elder. Anything that is basic is basic because it's good. Yeah. So it's I'm... Like, it, AKA a staple. I'm rooted in being basic. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Live, laugh, love. And I will always go to Bond Street. So I'm happy for you guys to not go if you think it's basic. That's but fine. I, Leave that's the restoration fine. open. Yeah, because I, I would like to go. So then we did that. And then... We went to the Kosas event, and that was really interesting. Thank you, Kosas, for inviting me. I did stay for a total of uh, eight minutes. I was like, Morgan, we have to leave. I was just overwhelmed. Your social anxiety I have so, My social anxiety was at an all-time high. It felt like, and this is not like, I don't really think I'm like cut out for like the events world. I just think I am meant to make TikToks from the comfort of my own home. Well, maybe not a lot of people know that you're like an introvert. Yeah, they like, think I'm an extrovert. They think I'm an extrovert because I have a lot of energy. Well, and because I say so much, but that's like a nervous tick. Like that's not like oh I'm extroverted. That's like it's you, are an, you are an extroverted introvert in that like you have a lot of energy. You have a lot to say. Like you will talk one on one to somebody for hours. Totally, but large group settings are just like not your thing. And it kind of felt like and this isn't like a bad thing. Like. Everyone there was like looked so cute. Like it was a it's yeah, fashion so week. So like everyone was like dressed to the nines. I was in like a sweater mm-hmm. and jeans. And you know, you, we were in like our daytime clothes because yeah, yeah, we yeah. came from like the podcast event. And it just felt like an influencer pregame, which is like so cute. And it just, but I just was like so anxious. Like we walked in and it was like Pookie and Jet. No, the highlight of my day. The highlight of the day. I can't do the accent obviously but and then when we walked in we were like making our way to the back and i like ran into taisha from the bachelorette and i was so gorgeous i literally had to stop her and i was like i just want you to know because i felt this way for years that you are the most beautiful woman that has ever walked this planet and i need you to know that and she was like oh my god thank you so much and that and then my work there was done and then my work there was done so we made our way back to brooklyn and then morgan slept over and now we're here and now we're here. I mean, I'm just, I think, like, normalize adult girl sleepovers. Yes. Even when he, your sister has children. Yeah. Like, I am, you know, Kelly's like, when's the last time you had a sleepover? And, I mean, I don't know the last time I had a sleepover. No. I just visited. Not without your kids. <laughs> no. I just visited a girlfriend who was about to have a baby. Two of my girlfriends went and visited her. And I'm like, we have to do this quarterly. I know. Because it's hard when you have It's really hard. It's really hard. Because Even when you don't. Like, I don't. Like, no, I was just going to say. I need to see my college friends. Like, I need to go to L.A. and see them. Yes. And just be like. And, but even like your friends in New York. Like, you should just spontaneously be like, let's have a sleepover tonight. I know. I, I get everyone wants to sleep in their own bed. But like, it's just. I don't know. There's like, something special about waking up in the same bed. And totally. being like, hey. Yeah. Like, what do we do today? And you just have to, like, make, whether it's a sleepover or not, I guess, it's just, like, you have to make the time. Yeah. It's tough out But there's, like, I feel like a lot of people, late 20s, early 30s, and everything becomes couples trips or 
trips with your kids or whatever the fuck. Or like a planned dinner, which is good. Like you have to get things on the calendar in order for them to like happen these days. But we need more spontaneity. And like, and plan spontaneity. Yeah, like plan spontaneity. Having kids, you can't, there's no more spontaneity. But it's, yeah. it's planned spontaneity. But you want like more quality time, I think. Like dinner is so amazing. But then like it goes, it cut, you know, it comes, yeah. it goes. Like you might not be sitting next to that person at dinner. Like a sleepover, you're giggling on the couch. Like we had like it's cookies. Intimate. We had cookies and we had a, cookies. a mug yesterday. Yeah, shout out hot take dough. Oh my God. It is, that was actually a, a fire. Fire. Pookie was looking fire. That, and the cookies were cookie also looking, looking fire. Fire. You were doing the accent so good last night. I don't know what happened now. Every time you do it, it's like Staten Island. No, like, or like, or Australian. I don't, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, don't follow me for accent advice. Okay. So I wanted to bring my sister on because the OG big sister is my sister, Morgan. You are. That's really nice. You invented me. So when you guys wrote in, I was just like, this is. This is a two-person job. This is a job for me and you. We noticed a lot of themes. So before we get into like specific questions that we wanted to answer, there were some overarching themes with the girls. Yeah. You took notes. I I I mean for I, it was interesting. I mean last night over my um oat oat cookie whatever it was, it was fucking delicious. I was reading through like hundreds of these emails. And you're just like, I don't know. I feel like my empath came out, like, where I was like, I'm in it. I'm, I'm in it you with were these invested. Girls. But also just because I've dealt with some of the same things. And, and and like I said, a lot of overarching themes. Girls in their mid-20s writing about this, like, inflection point in their relationship. Like, is he the one? Do um, I move are, to the city? Too, am I too comfortable? Oh, well, the city one's a whole separate thing. Okay. Yeah. I feel like... A lot of the themes were around, like, I'm with somebody that I've been with for years. Right. We're comfortable, but, like, is that enough to yeah. take that next step? Should we either move in together? Should we get engaged? Is he the one? How do you know? Or, like, on the opposite end, I do know he's not the one, but I don't. I'm scared, I'm scared. to take that risk. And I think you... It, one, I think a lot of people deal with that. And, like, I'll go over a couple points of, like, things I've heard from friends and my own experience. But I think you are really lucky because you met Andy in your late 20s. Yeah. You were going through some significant changes in your life, which Andy helped probe. Right. Which I am eternally grateful for. Same. LOL. Um, but I think like you kind of knew who you were, the direction that you wanted to go, even if you were like a little lost on how you were getting there, right? Like you were, you know, debating sobriety, all those things. And I didn't have a ton of relationships. Like, no. Right? Like I had, you okay. had college relationships. I had Pat, which was obviously like significant loss. Totally. And like him passing away was like, that's like a different set of circumstances. But then like after that, I had like one quick relationship of like a couple months Totally. That I've never actually even, like, spoken about, but I don't think I ever need to. Mm, me too, yeah. <laughs> and then I met Andy, and yeah. that was it. So I meant, like, dated. But I think there is a, such a significance, and a lot of girls go through this, where, like, you you met in college or, like, in your early 20s, and you're going through a lot of life changes. Like, you guys are pretty much at the same point, or, like, what you're looking for in a partner is much different. So, and then you basically get to your mid-20s, everyone's going through that next step of moving in together, getting engaged, and you're like, should I or shouldn't I? Yeah. And so I think that was, like, a lot of the themes, and... 
I think a lot of the girls were talking about that and there was like a couple of different themes. So I feel like, well, I guess a little background, like when I was in college, I dated this guy senior year mm-hmm. and we stayed together for about four years. Mm-hmm. And what you're looking for in a college partner is obviously much different. But like I thought even in my early 20s, like by 23, 24, I was like, oh, I'm going to marry this kid. We all, yeah, we, we all, all thought, thought that, that was going to be. That was it. That was the one. And what was weird is, like, I mean, there was some traumatic things that happened. But even with that, I, like I said, I'm reading these emails and I'm like, oh, my God, these girlies, like, my heart just... A lot of people think those that's the cards you're dealt. And I kind of thought that, too. I was like, these are the cards that I'm dealt. Like, this is probably the best it's going to be. I think we both knew, like, we weren't really making each other happy. Like, it's hard to grow together. Really hard in college. Totally. But it's the risk adverse thing. Like really being confident and having faith that there is something better for you. But the fear of starting over feels so overwhelming. It's really, really hard, especially because, like I said, it's this inflection point where some people are growing together and their like moral compass is aligned. They have the same values. What they want in a partner is the same. So you're watching people take off. And then you have those that are, like, really scared to take that risk to say, like, I'm going to end something that's fine, good, not great. Yeah. Like, should I stay in something that's good, not great? Or should I take that risk knowing that there might be something better for me on the other side? So are you willing to share a little bit of background on, like, you were together and then, like, you moved to a new city? Yes. So we were together my senior year he had graduated and we did long distance and i mean we saw each other like every other weekend so it was great i moved to new york moved in with a girlfriend he actually had a job abroad so we also kept doing long distance i actually am probably like one of the few people that really enjoyed the long distance relationship because some people really like it yeah because Again, like also like the beauty of your early 20s is are those friendships like you guys again, like you're just getting your first job out of college. Maybe you're in the same city, like whether you're living at home or living in the city, like you can make plans. So I like really use that time Monday through Thursday to be with my girlies and invest in those friendships. And then I got to spend time with him on the weekend. Yeah. But it's so funny even like talking about it. Like it feels like I, a different. It, it was a different life, and that's you know a point I'll get to. Like I don't even you remember that time. You're because, in the thick of it yeah. so bad. Like you're like there's no other chapter for me. And I, especially like now having two kids, and I don't mean this in like a disparaging way. Like now, like I can't even imagine my life without Chase and Cooper. I know. But well duh. But like before Morgan's, that, Morgan's husband is also Andy. Just for clarification oh yeah yeah yeah. so um, i have my we're not, and we're not in like a weird trouble right but but like to each their own but like for us we're not yeah I, she has an i would kill your husband 100 percent. i get it kill him and i would never survive with your husband because he, he would literally he would kill me and the way that i load the dishwasher is not acceptable for no him. he's yeah i don't remember we're gonna my husband everyone is like he's the best person ever the no, nicest we're on guy a, everyone's obsessed with him but kelly and we're i are on a smear campaign <laughs> yeah kelly and i are secretly like we are gonna expose yeah we're, we're on our exposing andy era yeah yeah yeah, yeah. both of them maybe. you moved to a new city together so we moved to a new San city. okay so there's some stuff happened in new york yes also like just for context when we did decide to move in together, I I now looking back, I'm like, we were so fucking young. How did anyone let us? How old that? were you? I was turning 23. Yeah. That's- no, 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 no. Turning 24. Right. 
a child, an infant baby. Yeah. Like just so should not have been allowed. Again, next step made sense. And I was super excited. And then that's when I have always wanted to move to California, like well before him. And I've always like, I think some New Yorkers romanticize California. That might be like a crazy. Well, that's also because we grew up in Jersey. Yeah. But some New Yorkers are also like California sucks. So like, yeah, knows? you're either you're either one or the other. Yeah, you either have California, or you don't. And like, yeah. get off my dick. I well, honestly, it, but like you, I get it though because I get the people who are like anti-California because like if you take a person from the East Coast and the West Coast and you cut them open, they bleed differently. Well, and that is why I was like, I'm raising my kids on the East Coast. Like, I'm not going to raise like right. softy. Sorry, also no offense. Yeah, no but offense. like, no offense, but also a little offense. Like, if I raised my kids in like San Diego, I'd have to wake them up every day and be like. This is not real. like you're not surfing. Like I would have to take their faces and like put them in like cold water and be like, that's the, just so you know. I got no business done when I covered San Diego. I mean, like right. you can't get somebody on the phone. They're like, it's no. nice. When I lived there, I was like, does anyone here work? Like, no, And they don't. They don't. Anyway. Okay. So we were, I had always romanticized California. Some things that happened in New York and I really wanted a fresh start. I was also like, you know, trying to figure out what I want with my career, which I can get into on a different topic. But I'm a huge advocate of going to a company where you can grow. grow. That's a big company that in earlier in your career, so you can learn so many different types of roles. Like Salesforce. Yes, like Salesforce. Uh, it's oh like, God, a, just say it. Yeah. Shit. I mean, we don't, we both work. We don't. I guess it's on my list. We both don't work there anymore. So. Yeah. But I, like huge Salesforce advocate, huge because it's like a mini business school. It is. You you really got like your MBA in tech yeah. there, for sure. And and you just like I said, like you they're a well-oiled machine. You get to learn from so many different um, access to so many mentors. Like people um, are willing like that thing. That's a whole the cool like, it is like really real, but it's also it's really valuable. We could go on a tangent yeah, for we hours. Won't. We won't. But I ended up getting a role, entry level role at Salesforce, and he had gotten a job opportunity in San Francisco. And I thought that was a fresh start. But I'll, I don't know if you even know this. Like, I'll never forget, like, right before I left, a lot of people didn't want me to go. Like, mom, dad, for obvious reasons, like, across the country. But they were like, this is not the right relationship for you. And everyone kind of knew that. To be moving to, to a move new city. To move to a new for. city where I and really knew no. Where you were moving and you were going to be living no. together. Yeah. And... We're like, this is just a, a mistake. But then mom and I were on the, uh, like, we were actually driving home from the city from, like, my, like, going away dinner. And she said, she's like, I was talking to a friend and he said, maybe Morgan Soulmate is in California. And that's, like, this, why she has this huge pull. Mm. And long story short, we got there. I started working at Salesforce and Pat died. Mm-hmm that January. And like I said, me and this guy are living together and it was just, it was fine. But like, we were weirdly talking about getting married, which is Mm -hmm. crazy to Mm -hmm. me now because again, I think it was just that pressure. He was kind of a chameleon. Like when he was in New York, he wanted to party because that's what his friends were doing. But in California, like he was more more serious. So with their relationship, so, so was he. So, but then Pat died and then like you were my center of focus you know mm-hmm. for obvious reasons and i don't regret that for at all but I, again i kind of just stalled this like breakup that i knew was inevitably going to happen mm-hmm. and what i wanted to talk about which you guys mentioned is there's you don't break up with somebody that you've been dating for years right impulsively most people don't right it kind of is this build up so even the fact that a lot of you maybe even for the first time wrote this out therapeutically to kelly <laughs> being like 
do I do I want this next step moving in together, getting engaged? Is he the one? I'm questioning it. Deep down, you know, and it's okay that you're not like ready to take that risk yet. Like it is a buildup and eventually you will get to a point where because you're like, you're, it whispers until it screams. Exactly. And that's like when mom's like, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. It's easier. Like I hate when people are like, just have faith that it'll work out. It is really hard in your early 20s to have that faith. Yeah. Oh, the one other thing I want to say is everybody, all of your listeners really need to read The Defining Decade. You literally, when you were falling asleep last night, you said, remind me to tell everyone to read The Defining Decade. That's another topic. Also, someone, I I had two people do this recently, one over email, one in my DMs, asking, they were like thinking about breaking up with their boyfriend. One person actually wrote in via email the, the other day and was like, I'm thinking about ending a three-year relationship and then responded and was like, spoiler, I did. We, we, I did it. And now I'm asking, how do I get over a three-year relationship? And I wonder if you have any well, guidance uh, Yeah, 100%. Well, the first to close the loop is I love to close the loop. For those you that are scared it. to take the risk, you really have to have faith that there's something better on the other side. Yeah. I know it's scary. It's super fucking scary because you're like, alone. Yeah, you're like 75% is better than 0%. You know, like C's get degrees. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I had that my whole mentality, my whole <laughs> life, but I was like, this is just going to be fine. Right. You know, and maybe fine but, is is all that I, I've got, but that I'm have, supposed to get. Right. And you have to ha- get out of that scarcity mindset. Yeah. But the second part of that is like, don't put off the inevitable. Mm-hmm. So again, you went through this like really big trauma. You were kind of a huge focus for me. And I put it off for like six, eight months. Yeah. And if you can try to dig deep and don't put off the inevitable, be kind to each other. It doesn't need to be like this impulsive, crazy breakup. Like if you really are, again, starting to consistently believe that that this isn't the right move, you should break it off for both of your sakes because this is the best time for in both of your lives, your early in your early 20s, like like go do the take the and it doesn't get any easier to do yeah and i think there's a couple questions also that you can ask yourself so like the first i would say like okay yes all relationships are work but in your early 20s this is the easiest Easiest time of your life there's no mortgage there's no kids mostly yeah no no mortgage no kids no real responsibilities your double income no kid you know what i mean so it's like um your friends are still at like similar stages like it should be so fun. Like a lot of what I was reading from you girls were like, it's like sort of fun, but like we kind of know we're not the right one. Like what? It should baseline. You guys should be having fun together. A hundred percent. But second, if you're and not like, compatible. Be, yeah. And like being good to each other. Totally. Like if it's like tumultuous now, like think about like somebody lost their job. You have two kids in preschool. Like those are real things that happen. Yeah. And like you have to be able to say like, if we're not having fun, not if not having fun, but if we're not getting along now, it's just going to get harder. So, like, you really need to think through that. And, and then, obviously, there's a balance. Like, if there are things that you can work through. I just think, like, at a certain point, though, you have to ask yourself, am I focused? Am I like, oh, it's just this one thing, or is it really a bunch of other things? A hundred percent. And is this work throughable? Right. And then I think about... Because does this person have to fundamentally, like, change and like go get a lobotomy like a hundred to, to be the person i want them to be. and i think i a lot of girls struggle with that that they're like okay these are the things that i resent my partner for yeah and i'm like but that's fundamentally who he is, is. Mm-hmm. and you have to be able to like extract that information and say like do i want somebody to change their character right 
because then it's just not aligned. So the difference between when you started dating Andy, mm-hmm. right? And like when I started dating this kid is we were in college, like, again, like what I wanted out of a partner is vastly different than what I wanted out of a life partner. Mm-hmm. And so what you need to ask yourself is like, like, what do you want that partner to look like in 10 years? Is this, and also, is this person a partner? Because I have a lot of friends that dated somebody in college, maybe they're still with them, whatever. And like, they just didn't, to your point, grow together. Right. And that person is not showing up as a partner. Or one of them just, like, you, one of them grew and one of them didn't grow at all. Totally. Like, someone, like, didn't, like, they didn't realize that they have to up the ante to continue the relationship. And to your point, all relationships are work. Like, does each person want to put in that effort of work to keep it going? Right. Right. And maybe they do it, which is amazing because then you can go, like, I'm a big believer in couples therapy. I know you and Andy are mm-hmm. too. If you guys both want to put in the work, but you're going through something together, that's a different story. That means you're both in it. It needs to be approached as a team. Like, if you're not a- approaching conflict as a team or problems as a team, you're not going to solve it like one versus one. Totally. It's like you two versus the problem. Yes. Well, yeah. Me and my Andy are really big on that. And I think that is like our differentiator and why he's, but he's such a good partner. And actually, like, again, back, back to like the partner thing, like our parents' generation, a lot of moms will say things like that to me about my husband to be like, for example, I went away for work. Mm-hmm. and Chase was sick, and Andy took her to the doctor. And mom called me and was like, your husband is amazing. He took Chase to the doctor by himself. And I'm like, do you want me to give him a gold fucking medal? Right, like doing daughter? like the, right, like what's necessary? <laughs> but mom, mom was like, no, 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 men don't do that. Like men don't do that. Because they and didn't. For they life. didn't. And like, I'm like, oh my God, we, a lot of women it's like a two-income household. Like there needs, like I said, if you're in your early 20s and you're debating this, like him as a partner, like I want you to think through like, long you term. have to explain that. Like, is he in it with you? Is he going to step up for those things? Yeah. Because that's really important. Like it's not just about like having fun and going out anymore. No. You know? No, depending on on where you're at. But your friend, your, your friend, I, oh my God, I keep calling them your They friends. are my friends. They are friends. They are cousins. The girl that did end it with her boyfriend. Of three years, yeah. So what relation, what or guidance do you have about The first thing I want to say is I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of her, too. Like, I read that. But she's probably in a lot of pain right now. She's in a lot of pain. And that's okay, though, first. okay. You know? Oh, my God. Totally normal. But but I did, I I was like, I hope that somebody close to her, and maybe this is now me. For sure. Send me her email and I'll give her a call. Yeah. But I'm so proud of her because it's really, really hard to take that plunge and like take the risk. And yes, it's going to hurt. You have to like grieve your best friend, your your partner, whatever. There is like a cycle where you're going to wake up and be like, oh my God, I want to text him something funny that happened or like it's weird that he's not there. And it it is definitely this emptiness. And I'm sure there's like a million books that are like, keep yourself busy and like go see friends. And you should do that too. you you, You should do those things because you do want to like fill that time. But I think try to think of like it as experience that loss live in it for a little bit but also now you've just opened up yourself to more opportunities yeah and it kind of goes back to again having faith that there is something better for you there's more 
Yeah, there's more. Like, literally, I know it's so cliche, but like one door closes and like 300 doors open. 300? Only if you believe that they do. Yeah. And that's like back to the main. If you believe that's like the only door that you're ever going to walk through in your life, then you're going to be really stuck. That's the scarcity mindset. Yes. And I think a lot, like I said, a lot of women have that. So it's like, how do you, how do you break that? Right. Gabby Bernstein. Read Gabby Bernstein. Read Gabby Bernstein. Oh my God, please, if you do anything. The Dining Decade and Gabby Bernstein books or her podcast. And that's really the time, like, plan some trips to go see girlfriends. Plan some trips with girlfriends. Yeah. Like, do the things that you can't really do as a couple. Yeah. And try to lean into, like, instead of after you've kind of taken some time to, like, mourn that loss. Yeah. Be like, oh, my gosh, my time. Wait, you have a... uh, a like a hopeful story though like after can you share like how after you guys broke up how shortly after you met andy like yeah just please this is like actually and i feel like they were talking about the foster sisters were talking about this yesterday like when people you know are like how do you find a guy and like they're like oh it just happens i am a really big like timing person like timing is everything but and it can be like right guy wrong time you so believe, that's, you believe that I can't be right person wrong time. Yeah, I, so I, I'm also like uh, this I don't. Cake, I don't believe in soulmates. I oh. think there's like an ass for every seat is more <laughs> my reality. Wait, I love that. Tell me more because I think like while I love Andy and I I like believe like we were meant to find each other and I'll tell that story. Like for me, it's hard to justify that. Like people have had loss and then that found somebody else. Like I do believe that there's multiple people that can fill your cup and make you happy. Yeah. But you have to be in the right mindset to like receive that type of love and be able to provide that type of love. Okay. So you were saying what I mean? Like you can have multiple big loves in your life. Right. But you're saying that like, if you don't, if you don't believe it for yourself, then like you can come into contact with the like right person, but you're not in the headspace to receive them. Yeah. So therefore they can't become the right person right. for you. Interesting. Yeah. And I think like I how do I articulate this? I think, yes, you have to be in a good place to be a partner that that person you want attracts. I said this in my officiant script. I said marriage is not about finding, not just about finding the right partner, but being the right partner. Right. So, like, if you want all of these things that a partner out of a partner, like, what are be you? That. You also have to be be those embody or, or or what? What are you bringing to the table that would attract somebody right. like that? And in your twenties, like I said, it's like this weird inflection point where. Some guys are, you know, some people are still partying. Some people want to settle down. And, like, that's where, like, being aligned with your morals is, is and your values and what you want is really important. Okay, but, now share about okay. anything, Andy. So, basically, I break up with him. And at that point, you would think I was really upset. I wasn't. Like, I you were got, I got well, to that point where I— Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's, like I said, everybody's different. Some people, you know, have to mourn that loss. Some people are, like— this was supposed to happen eight months ago. And that was where I, I fell into that. They had camp. already like mourned it while they were still in the relationship. Yeah. So they had like done that already. I had fell, fell into that camp that it was, yes, like a weight off my shoulders. I ended up dating this guy very briefly. But the reason I share the story is we ended up buying tickets to a concert for New Year's in Tahoe. And actually, a lot of people when we broke up were like, obviously, you're going to move home. I'm like, no, I've like made my own friends, like my Salesforce girlies. Like I, I never thought we were coming home as a group. 
Right, right, right. Well, the, I, I didn't even gotten you out there yet. I know, I know. So what was funny is, so me and this guy start dating. We buy this ticket to Snogla, which is like the most, was the most amazing music festival in the world in, in Tahoe. Tahoe. So you just like mm-hmm. went and you're like in the snow. Here. Yeah. I don't think it goes on anymore, which is it just like heartbreaking. But anyway, me and this guy end things and I'm like, well, I'm still going to Snow Globe. I will take your ticket. <laughs> and I gave it to one of my girlfriends. He's like, all right, well, I'm not going to go anymore. You need a ride. So I I needed a ride to Snow Globe. Mm-hmm. Enter my friend Connor. Shout out Connor. He's going to Snow Globe too with his guy friends. And the story always gives me like. And things. he, I was like, I really need a ride to Snow Globe, and with, and I have to get two of my girlfriends there also. And he's like, okay, my friend Andy is driving. Like, I'll see if he can fit a couple more girls. Like, whatever. And so Andy's like, yeah, I can take you guys. Like, we're gonna leave uh, Tuesday morning. I'm like, ah, we all need to leave t- Tuesday at three because at the time you just did not miss work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you went in like flew. You did. You, you went to a 5 a.m. rumble class. You showered with every single person at Salesforce at the rumble yeah. bathroom, and then you were at Salesforce by seven. Oh, my God. And you were there seven to four. And Okay, continue. Okay. So we go, whatever, we go to Snow Globe, and, like, at the, t- I don't, like, we ended up all calling him, like, daddy all weekend because he's, he is, like, dad. He's, he's a dad. dad. No, he's the father of my children. But <laughs> he was just, like, a lot of girls like thought he was like super cute that weekend. I just like was still like into the guy that I was supposed to go to this concert with. LOL. You were so, like you were unbothered, but I, I just like again. I hate saying it like this because I really don't. I hate when girls are like just stop looking and it'll be fine. Like close actually, your, somebody close your eyes. Somebody was saying that yesterday at the at the podcast. They were like, I hate when people say that. I agree. Like it's really hard when that's the one thing you want to just stop looking. Right. But I do believe like I just wasn't like in the headspace to. I just wasn't thinking about it. And he was just being honestly like so fun, so funny. He was just like a really good guy. But this is what clicked for me. So anyway, we go to the concert. And then by the third day, you know, it's New Year's Eve. And like we ended up kissing at midnight. And so then, spoiler alert, they're married and they have two kids. Yeah. But what I do want to say that I think is really interesting about looking for the right person and like what you want out of a partner. When we were on our way back from Snow Globe, one of the guys I was with, Andy was like, can I have your number? Like, I'd love to take you out when we get back to San Francisco, whatever. And one of the guys I was with was like, you're never going to go for him. He's too nice for you. And you, like, clearly don't date nice guys. And I was like, that really stabbed in the heart. Yeah, but I still, like, you know, I don't remember anything. But I was like, holy fuck. Like, people think that's not what I want. That's the vibe I'm I'm giving off off that I don't want someone to be nice to. I'm giving off like I want to date like an asshole. An asshole. I hate that. And so I was like, oh my gosh. So honestly, like I went on and okay, so back to like dating. (laughs) If I had met my Andy on the apps, there's no way. I mean, he texts like this. Hey, question mark. How are you? Or hey, exclamation point. How are you? Question mark. Like talk soon, period. There's no way. He used so much punctuation. Like, it's a lot. Oh, also, he quadruple texted me, which kind of goes to, like, if he wanted to, he would, but also, like, a little bit much. But, oh, my God, he uses so much punctuation. But he, uh, he'll he write, like, Andy. There's just no way no, that no, he like, could have. What a, like, you like Dash Andy. Andy. Dash Andy. Yeah, there's just no way digitally this would have worked out. Never. But I think it's a story of... Uh, but it's I, a happy ending. It's story. a happy ending. But, like, I think you really need to think about, again, the energy you're putting off. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. The other thing that we saw a lot of was about moving to new cities. There are a lot of people like in Denver thinking about moving to like SF or New York. There's a lot of like curiosity about moving to New York, which I think is a 
Or a new city. Or a new city, but like a lot of them said like New York specifically. But I think in general, with moving to a new city, obviously everyone, like there were people in different circumstances. Some of them like had jobs and boyfriends in a different city. And they were like, how do I uproot my life? I do think if you are having an itch to move somewhere new and you've like outgrown the place that you're in, you have to find a way to go for it. Oh my God, do it, do it. You have to do it. Especially if you don't have kids own a home like those responsibilities that you were talking about earlier where life gets like more like heavy it's like harder to make those like big decisions because there's just more stakes go for it like you there is if you have an itch it's only going to get itchier a hundred percent i mean again think about it like moved to san francisco now met my husband right then got you to san francisco you met your husband yelled a career out there my be- like my sisters are were, I met in that city. Like you, like also like the friendships you make in your twenties, so important. Yeah. But I-, I think moving to another city like unlocks you get to meet a different group of people from different wa- uh, walks of life. Like it is again. I'm always going to keep referring back to the defining decade, but it talks about this. You are their biggest advocate. I'm a huge. Ad- I think it should be like what is it mandatory mandatory reading. required reading required reading. But it talks about that, like, building, like, your personal assets or, like, your individual assets and moving to a new city and experiencing something new, especially, like, New York, is imperative in your 20s. And it's really going to shape, like, you don't know what career you're going to take, what career is going to take off, relationships, friendships. Like, you're just going to get exposure to so many new experiences. And I just think you you can always come back. Oh, 100%. You literally can always come back. And then the second thing I want to say, my stepmother-in-law, is that what we call her? Carla, she's the best. She always says, it's not no, it's yes, if. So a lot of people, again, that are risk averse, they'll they'll go, oh, I can't can't move to a new city. It's expensive. I can't move to a new city. I need a new job. So no, you can move to the city if you have another job. Right. You can move to the city if you figure out, if you save, you find a roommate and you save, you know, to to move. Yeah. Right. So, yes, 100%. We're not discounting that. People do it all the time in much, in, in all different scenarios and you just have to plan for it. It's like work. And that's with any challenge. But I think if you can change your mindset to it's not no, it's yes, if. These things need to happen and then work backwards from that. You will solve a lot of life situations. That is amazing advice. And that same logic can be applied to another theme that came in, which is a lot of people like either hating their jobs, having an itch to go to a new job, being scared to leave their job because of like the current state Mm -hmm. of the job market, which is so Fair. fair and it's rough out there right now. And that same logic of the yes, if can be applied to those things. So I feel like as someone who like, has done really well for herself and like knows a thing or two about corporate America and careers. If you wanted to break into a new field or get a different job, like do you have any advice for people who are looking, who want something greater for themselves if they're unhappy at their job? Well, first, it's exactly what you just said. First, you have to want something better for yourself. Right. So again, abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. Much and I'm really, not suggesting that you quit your job with no plan. That's really a big deal. Please don't. Totally agree. I think statistically, you're more likely to get a job if you have a job. That being said, also with moving to a new city, different quick tangent, but like it sometimes is easier to get a job 
once you are in that city. I'm not saying you should uproot your life with no job in that city. But you also can't apply to jobs in a new city that that different than the city you're in, and then that kind of gets you to the to the move. A hundred percent. My biggest advice with trying to find a new job is to network. And everyone's like, "Oh, network! I don't want people's biggest hesitation with networking or cold outreach." is you think that you're bothering people, but people do genuinely want to help. And more often than not, it's not your first connections that you're going to get a job from. It's your second and third connection. Uh-huh. So it's like the friend of the friend or the friend of the friend of the friend. Right. For example, I got a job at Salesforce from my friend's uncle's like niece who worked at salesforce right that's how i got it like right. you know she referred me right always look for a referral totally we'll always look for the referral and that's like so the first thing is don't worry about bothering people people actually do want to pay it forward and want to help come with Especially, a point of view though. like come with a point of view like i saw that sure. you've had it, you have experience in this area i'm currently in blah 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 i really am trying to break into this i like was wondering if if you had like a moment to chat to, with someone who is looking for mentorship and, you know, like you could be vulnerable, like the state of the current job market is scary. really scary right now. And I was wondering if you had 10 minutes to spare to talk to someone who's who's, right. who's really looking for some guidance. A hundred percent. I think if you're trying to move careers, that's a really great way, right? Like you don't know, maybe you want to get into marketing. Marketing means so many different things, right? There, you know, there's so right. many different avenues you can go into. So also learning about like what that day-to-day looks like. What is the trajectory of that role? Like what is the, look at the role that you want and then what are what are the next two promotional paths from there? Right. That's really important when you think about like what looking you're, at the future. What your day, because people like, well, again, romanticize marketing yeah. Or events. But, but I'm like, events know. are a lot of Excel work and planning and weekend work. Oh, my God. Events. Do you want to do that? I can. And, and, and some people thrive. Right. Right. Like I did events. I loved it for a little bit, but then I got burned out. It's And, and everyone's different. Right. But like it's, it's something to think about. What What is, you know, what is the next five to 10 years in that role look like? Also, if you don't want your bosses, like the person who's like you're hiring, like your hiring manager and like their hiring manager's job or boss's job then you don't want to be in that field. But I will say, in your 20s, getting exposure to so many different types of jobs does make you a more well-rounded candidate. So even if you're like, I don't really like her job, but I want to get exposure into marketing so I can learn that side of the business, because maybe you want to start your own business one day in five years, that's also a really great tool. So think about like... Transferable skills. Yes. Like the part of the reason I started posting on TikTok was because I was like, oh, I'm in a really corporate role in tech, I would love to maybe make a pivot to a more consumer-focused company where I could do, like, social media stuff. Like, I should probably, like, learn how to use TikTok. Totally. You also have a really good resume if you ever want to get, like, back into corporate America. I know you're, like, itching to. I'm dying to. In in all honesty, like, you came from a big Salesforce. You had the brand recognition. Then you went to a startup where you, like, really got to get your hands dirty. And that's also really good, I think, in your 20s to understand how, again, a well-oiled machine works, get exposure to a lot of different roles. And and then go to a startup. Yes. And bring those bring those soft and hard skills to a startup. Now, if you do know like companies you want to work for, so let's say like you're like, no, I'm in 
um, I'm in accounting, but I want to go work for the these 10 companies are my like, dream companies to work for. Maybe you like their values, you like their benefits, whatever it might be. Then that's when you should also be like hitting up LinkedIn. And again, don't be afraid. People want to help. Yeah. You know, it's like at Salesforce, 70% of hires are referrals. Yeah. Something like pretty high like that. And they probably have referral bonuses. So, but, but I think again, one, come from a place of abundance. There, there are opportunities out there that'll make you happy when you're, if you're unhappy at work or unfulfilled at work. Two, don't worry about bothering people. People do want help. And on the flip side of that, if people reach out to you, you should help them. Yeah. And then, like I said, three, work backwards, you know? It's not no, it's yes if. Yes. Yes if. I love that. Okay, let's go into some of the actual questions because like some of the girlies need niche niche assistance. We tried to address topics. Uh, topics yes. because there were so many of you going through like the same sort of thing. The relationships, the jobs, all of that. The first one. I'm going to summarize some of these because I didn't really give clear direction to be concise, which is fair that you weren't. So this one girl wrote in, she's 26. She has been on and off with therapy, mindfulness, meditation for the last six years. And nine months ago, she had a close friend pass away and the grief has rocked her world, she says, and resurfaced a lot of pain and childhood traumas. She says she hasn't slept more than five nights since her friend passed away. Her question is, did you always love yourself? How did you learn to? What are ways that worked for you to release the shame and guilt and darkness and baggage of the past? And like, how do, she has, I mean, she had a lot of questions. So how do you keep going? How do you trust yourself? How do you allow your intuition to guide? And I think that's a really complicated but fair question because it's really hard to summarize the way that you find your way back to yourself when you've done things that you're either like not proud of or you carry a lot of like guilt or shame and like a lot of those questions too, like spiral into each other. Exactly. Right? And it's like They're intertwined is what I meant. You have to like forgive yourself. You have to extend the same grace to yourself that you've extended to others. Like think about how many people have either like wronged you or done something like done things they're not proud of and you've forgiven them and overlooked it and moved on. Right. Well, also give yourself grace that it's totally normal to not be operating at 100%. Right. And like just ex- not, not accept that, but accept that that is normal right. to be feeling all of the things that you're experiencing and right. give yourself grace that it's going to come with time. Right. But not, you know. Like a lot of people write in and are like DM me and they're like, thank you for sharing parts of your past. You just come off like you have your shit together, which is hilarious because like they don't know. But you did a lot of work on yourself, and I mean, I've seen you at very low lows, you know, and you have experienced a lot of trauma and loss, even at just such an early age. Yeah. How do you think, first, you know, you had Pat, you, you know, were so young, you spiraled, and then with Evan passing, how did you... How do, you, how do you even compartmentalize? It's like, it's so crazy because like, I don't even know how I got here. Like I literally like blacked out like right. the last couple of years. And like in a lot of ways, I like feel like I don't have the answer because I think Andy saved me in a lot of ways. Like I don't like recommend like another person save you. But when I met him, I was able to kiss on 
finding my way back to myself and like becoming the person that I wanted to be. But at the a same, lot of people don't have a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. But what I will say is like a lot of my growth came from the way that I prioritize like being with myself. And it sounds like this person is like very much committed to the process. She says she's like been in and out of therapy like for the last six years, mindfulness, meditation. So I think you really just have to like trust the process and also setbacks are normal. So like your friend passing away nine months ago, like you're still in the thick of grief. Totally. Grief is so not linear. And it's also like rush. I was just gonna say it's not linear. Like when Pat passed away, I did all this, I literally spiraled out of control, borderline rehab, like not good vibes. Bad. Bad. Bad, bad vibes. Then I went to Bali. I did all this work on myself. I spent so much time alone. I healed. I was like journaling eight pages a day. I was went to Indonesia literally by but myself. But you also had the time to sit and think and dedicate yes. time to yourself. Totally, which was a luxury. Which is a luxury. But then I, I several months later, Evan's accident happened and then Evan passed away. And, and then it was and like you started. It was like square one. So you have to understand there's going to be setbacks and that's normal. And it's not always going to be this like linear path of just like upward trajectory right. to like the top of healing. Like I'm still, you're like the work never stops. Like it's always going to be work in terms of like finding yourself, loving yourself. But I think like your intuition and your growth and like your how you determine your relationship with yourself and self-love is like, how do you find your way back to yourself when things go awry? Right. I agree with trusting the process. Um, my mother-in-law once sent me this article that like grief is like a ladder and your point's not linear, right? Like, you're you know, one point. day you're climbing, but you might take two steps back and like yeah. different things can trigger different reactions. Because I used to say, I used to think, and I never dealt with, I was parallel to a lot of folks that have dealt with death at an early age, yeah. but I had it myself experienced it. And I would always say things which now I'm like terrible advice, but like one, one, a little bit better every day, but it's not always a little bit better every day. Right. One day might make big strides. One might day right. might be two steps backwards. And, but I think trusting the process, most of what health always says this, and I actually always say it to like moms going into delivery, but that everything's happening all around me and I'm truly taken care of. My favorite mantra. That's Gabby from Gabby Bernstein. Yes. 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 Everything is happening around me and I'm truly taken care of, which is like to unpack that. It's like the things that are happening I like can't control. I just know that I'm going to be okay. Yes. And it's again hard to have faith in a moment like that, but I think if you can have something that you can hold on to and again trust the process and right. like, commit to the work. Yeah. And grief is so complex. Like I was telling you yesterday, like this was the 8-year anniversary of Pat's passing and I was so upset, more upsetly triggered. I was like it was like it had just happened. It was like it I the pain that I felt this year was like the same as when it had just happened and I was like so unwell and I didn't know why and I was like really out of sorts for like a full week I was just like what is going on I even gaslit myself and like convinced myself that like maybe we didn't even really date maybe we weren't even dating really seriously which was crazy crazy and then I went back to like my google drive yeah, crazy. of like all of our texts and our photos and I was just like oh like we were really we were together I think <laughs> this was probably a big year for you you had just gotten married I think a lot has changed what we talked about is and like I said I'm not even remotely grief expert I probably should not even be answering this question or involved in this question but what we talked about with Pat anniversary was every year that you go through something monumental like this year getting married 
it reminds you that he isn't getting married. Like he from when he graduated yeah. college. Yes. And you were really upset. Obviously, that was still only a couple of years after, but you're like, he's not going to graduate. Right. So it's like when you have a baby, like he's not, you know. So I think that those things are going to be triggering for you. Right. And totally normal to, you know, he's always in the back of your head to some degree. Whereas like a year that kind of just goes by, so to speak, like it's not as impactful. Yeah. But I think that subconsciously, like that's what. Yeah, anyway, which makes sense. Grief is complicated, so just be 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 kind. To be yourself. kind to yourself. Keep doing the work. Keep doing the work, and know that like you're not supposed to hit this peak where you're like, I'm healed, and then you get a medal from someone. No, I no. promise. Like that's not how it works. But also be okay with not having all the answers. Yes, hundred percent. This is one that's lighter, a little lighter. Okay, so basically, this friend, this friend, uh, has. Or this person has a friend. They live in the same city. They're in the same industry. And the city is that they live in is really expensive. And so their budgets are tight. But she complains about money nonstop. It's like every day, major scarcity mindset around money, which she's like obviously very understanding about and sympathetic to. But she is like us. And it's like what the energy you put out is like what you receive. Like totally. she's very much of the like law of attraction mindset. And it also, her anxiety is now impeding on this Girl's ability to feel like calm and secure in her finances. She's like, I don't feel like I can ask her to stop talking about this entirely, but would appreciate any advice on separating her anxiety from my own. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I was this girl. I but that I was the girl complaining. When I moved to the city, Mm. I mean, transparently, we were very fortunate. Our father paid for college. Yeah. When I got to New York City, I made no money the first year. I was like, holy shit, life is so expensive. Yep. And I lived with, you know, my, one of my best childhood friends at the time who was in school and, you know, doing her own thing. And I had this scarcity mindset. But I was just like, I was rocked financially. And I probably talked about it till I was blue in the face. And I think back and I'm like, I drained her of that energy. Yeah. It also, again, impacted me in moving forward in my career because I was like, to your point, like just so focused on that. And so one, that this girl that wrote in, she should set a boundary with her roommate. And she should say, I am It's a friend, with thank you. God. Okay. Yeah. I empathize with you. I I I'm in it with you. Like we're both dealing with it. Yeah. But we have to set a boundary because what we focus on expands. Right. And like I said, I know that can be woo-woo when it comes to finances. Like, it, it, at the end of the day, it is like the reality that things cost money and it's fucking hard it's, when you're yeah. making no money. But we, ha- you have to figure out other things to do. Right. You can't go to brunch. Like, best part about San Francisco, you pick up a sandwich, you go to the park for the entire fucking day. Right. It's, okay. Like, yes. Everything. You, but I'm saying, like, you could also do things with that friend that don't. Yes. Require a lot of and I don't know if this person's had a conversation with them yet or like interrupted them when they've like been in the middle of one of their like money, like I'm broke rants, but grabbing their hands and being like, girl, we are in this together. We are only going to stay exactly where we are if, if we, we keep talking so, like broke fucking girls. But, yes. Yeah. So like, let's like pivot to a rich ass mindset because look, the, the circumstances you're in financially, like if they don't change what's what's worse just complaining about it or at least like being a little delulu where you like can get through every day because you're like having totally. this one delulu mindset but also, like, is she complaining to her because that friend is like recommending no expensive no no okay. they're in okay. the same industry they're in the same boat they're okay. in the same boat. that friend's not like let no. to she's not going to sandro pay 
on a yacht. She, they're in the same industry. They have the same budget. Totally. They're like, whatever. So she just needs to be like, look, we are going to be rich queens. And there are billions of transactions happening around us all the time. Like, let's start mm-hmm. being like Delulu as fuck and just like right, right, manifesting right. a money abundance mindset. And if like, you're not like so woo-woo, you could be like, I'm mindful of what you're saying and I can appreciate that. Yes. Like, uh, like this is like draining me. And we yeah, like you're we, scary. We have to we have to stop talking about it. And I'm having nightmares. And if and and if a tangible goal is like we need to save some money and then we'll, you know, we can set up a goal that like if we say save X amount of money, we'll go do this, or like we need to do more activities that don't cost as much money, then like let's do that. Like if that's why you're confiding in me consistently, then like I will be mindful of that. But like we can't continue to always talk about that topic. Yes. Agree. A lot of people also wrote in about bachelorette parties. Oh, hell yeah. And I have such strong opinions. This one specifically is about this girl who has like a lot of friends and she loves them all to death. But some of them are saying like, I can't wait for your batch. And she's like, I don't know if I can invite them. Uh, She's like, I literally can't. I'm like joking, but I'm not joking when I say that I can't have a 50 person bachelorette party. And she's like, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Is she having a bridal party? I don't think so. I mean, people have, like, mixed feelings on the bridal party situation. It's just, like, such an easy boundary to be like, it's only bridal party. It is. It is. It is easy. Yeah. Listen, I... Weddings are so... <laughs> like, I'm literally, like, my camera just I mean, died. I'm not building this. I but had, I had like, 20 people. You had, You did. You did. You did the impossible. You did. Bachelorette parties are... I'm just such a more the merrier. Like, and that's, like... See, you're an... Intro- an extroverted introvert i'm an extroverted extrovert so that me and her should collab and discuss this offline like you have two options yeah like yeah. you have two options like you either are like okay the more people the more that we can afford because it's going to be split amongst a greater group totally you do like a huge, huge. Ass shore house or right whatever. Like, yeah or you then have to like set it's like if you don't just genuinely like don't want certain people there because like it's just it's an intimate vibe there are so many people that like in theory i'm like i wish i invited them to my bachelorette party but like it just like the idea of having a bachelorette party in general was so daunting to me like asking people to celebrate me asking people to spend money on me i was like the first amongst a lot of my friend group to do that so i was just like i can't make this bigger than it already feels in my brain so so you really have two options you either go like the big bad and bougie route like you did it you you successfully did it agree with you like you can either like lean into it and be like look i'm gonna invite everybody and then whoever is free that weekend i will then dictate the activity we do based on the number of people i have right or you set a boundary and be like i'm just doing bridal party and then, and then, like, in that case, it's not like you go have to go make an announcement to everyone that they're not invited to your bachelorette party. But if it becomes up and someone confronts you about it, you can be like, look, be vulnerable. Or be, be like, like, the house only fits 15. Yeah. Like, I, the idea of having a bachelorette party is kind of a, it's overwhelming idea for me. I had a really hard time with even figuring out if I wanted to do a bachelorette party. And the more people that I, like, thought I had to have, the more daunting it felt and the more impossible it felt. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, this is just the only group of people that I could make work. Like, totally. I love you. I want you at my wedding. It's your wedding. Like, also, yeah, I was just going to say, like, at the end of the day, like, you have, you have, to, be unapolog- you have to be unapologetic yeah. about it. Okay, this is a good one that I just saw. 
This girl's moving in with her boyfriend in a week for the first time. So would love your advice on moving in with a partner for the first time, making things fun and spicy and not turning into roommates. Ah, uh, yeah. And they were long distance before, like, on and off. Well, I am a firm believer that you, like, should move in together before you get married. I, like, oh my God, that's another thing that should be required. Oh, oh, my God. I thought. You yeah. Were, like, I thought. Like, you don't even know each other. No, no, you literally don't know. So actually, again, my husband, he lived with a girl before he married me and whatever. He lived with somebody before we got married. I lived with someone before we got married. I think it's so important. You have to. You don't. You really don't know what you're getting into. But. It's such a great question because, like, so many people fall into, like, this the roommate trap. Even my husband now, like, we, again, married two kids. Like, we do date night every week. I was just about to say, that's, like, a tangible tip. You have to remember to date other. You have to remember that you're still dating. So you could do a date night every week. Like, pick, like, okay, Wednesdays are going to be, like, our day that we... It, either at home, you can alternate. You could do one at home no, and then the I next think, and the next week out of home. Oh, I think get out of I mean, actually during COVID, we did a lot of obviously at home dates and like Andy would pick um dinner that he had to order in. I would pick dessert we'd have to order and we'd like surprise each other. That's but like, that can but that can get expensive. So maybe it's like yeah. out cooking. Totally. Whatever. No, but All I, these think, things I, think get, I think get out of your house because when you're in your house, you're like, oh, this is our home. Like it's easy to just be like getting yeah. sweatpants and whatever. Yeah. But like, but I think getting out of your house, again, whether it's to a restaurant or to a park and just picking up sandwiches, like um, but like, this girl's obsessed with sandwiches. No, I am. I know. Me too. But but my point is like just continue to make an effort to date. Right. You know what I mean. Another random tip that I had is like once you move in together, you start to figure out each other's like strengths and weaknesses in terms of household chores. Oh my god. So like, and to be honest, you and Andy both kind of have a lot of weaknesses. Well, so I'm really good at unloading the dishwasher because I know where everything goes. I bet you're really bad at loading, loading it. So any Andy, so Andy loads the dishwasher. But he's also kind of bad at loading. Like, but by, not my husband's standards. By your husband's standards. But for me, I'm like, it gets done as long as there's no things in the sink. Just like have conversations about like, like your expectations are at like obviously you don't have to do it immediately like you don't know okay, what if he's like when he you guys move in together but if you like if you having a really clean house is important to you like just start Stay to down. be like hey like can you please make an effort take out the garbage try to like delegate Hold also on. if you can get like a shared calendar that you either have on your fridge or like on google calendar so that everyone knows like this day i'm going into the office this day i'm whatever and you can like put little things on it my other tangible my other tangible tip is to like have one day a week that is like your roommate slash like if you start sharing finances admin my your admin day yeah so like we do like or maybe you could get it's bi-weekly because right, it's exactly. might be more frequent for you as kids. Right. But I think that's important. So you're not just, again, same thing if you're wedding planning. Like, just, like, have, like it's such an unsexy, annoying <laughs> conversation. So, so just, like, plan it. It's tough. But just keep it spicy. And, like, if you do... Oh, leave little notes for each other. That's really cute. But also... Also... also to have post-its in the house. It post I mean, well... I am, like, post-its partnership. People... I need if people one. don't have post-its, that's, like, a huge... Red like, you need... Yeah, you need... This one's funny, and I feel like we have to answer it. Okay, help with my brother's girlfriend. Oh, my God. They've been dating for a little over a year now, and they're attached at the hip. 
She's been included in every family event within the first year of dating. I feel like they're moving quickly. Let's just say she's not my favorite person in the world, and I don't love being around her that much. How do I go about politely not inviting or disinviting, since her presence has been basically assumed at this point, to my upcoming birthday dinner? I have two other siblings with significant others who I love and I will definitely want at this dinner, so I can't just say blood only. I don't want to cause drama, but I'd rather not have her there because she's a drainer and I don't like spending time with her. I'm so sorry, but I don't think you can disinvite her. I totally agree. I, it is, it's going to cause her. You will cause more problems. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I you don't want to deal with that shit. I, uh, yeah. I need her to, again, I can't say that on the podcast, so she'll have to message me offline, but like, just do not, just invite her. And honestly, if that, if her, if she is a drainer and one, like the relationship will probably fizzle out naturally anyway. Yeah. And two, like, unfortunately you can't pick who your siblings or your partner's siblings end up with. So like you eventually can set a boundary that's like becomes an issue long-term. And then secondly, if you want to spend more quality time with your brother one-on-one. You can also just be like, hey, next time, like, can we do something? Just the two of us, you know? And that's also really important. Yeah. But, yeah, do you, it, it, like, just take the L. Just take the L and also, like, try not to talk shit about her to everyone, especially the other siblings, significant others, because unless, like, they bring it up to you and it's, like, kind of, like, a universally known thing, then you can kind of, like, commiserate with each other in confidence okay. but like you never look bad look good trying to make someone else look bad Agreed. and if you're just like talking shit it's not going to be good also just sit at the end of the other end of the table from her and call it a day right right see her elsewhere somebody told me about this theory okay well i think we're gonna wrap up let's we've talked a lot let's recap read the defining decade oh my god if you took anything away from this like read the defining decade yeah like i'll link it tomorrow like jesus christ you are Literally, do you work for them? The second thing is take the plunge while you have little responsibilities. Like if you're thinking of moving to a new city, like it's yes, if. It's not impossible. It's yes, if. And make that list like, yes, I can if these things happen and get like really granular. Mm -hmm. What else did we say? And just for all goal setting, I think it's like the not no. It's yes, if. Yes. Um, Read Gabby Bernstein, The Universe Has Your Back. Yeah. And find your mantra. Like right? Find so your mantra. Mine is, everything's happening all around me, and I'm truly, truly taken care of. Whatever yes. yours might be. And I know, like I said, I'm not saying that mantras are, like, going to, like, change solve your all life. your problems. Yeah. But if it gives you a moment of, like, clarity and releases some anxiety, then right. find something that, like, you can ground yourself to. And then in terms of relationships— Yes, they are work, but it should be fairly easy the right The grass now. is greener where you water it. 100%. So if it's something that you really think is your, or someone you really think is your person, then put in the work. But, but also don't settle. And like, you are yeah. so freaking young. Like, like it, the, Life it, is short, but life is long. It's also really long. And if you have to fundamentally, like, change someone's entire, like, fabric of their being, it's, it's not, not, not going to happen, babe. It's not going to happen. You need to do some digging on what you want in a partner. Yeah. A partner. Yeah. Not a boyfriend. Not a boyfriend. girlfriend. A yeah. partner. And think about if, like, you guys, you have the same moral compass. Right. Right. And if you want the same things. If you want the same things. 20s, try to experience and be a sponge. Like, expose yourself to as many different types of people as you can, as many different job opportunities as you can. Raise your hand and say yes to things. Say yes to, like, things in and out of work. You know, let nature take its course a little bit. Agree. Doors will open. Agree. Thank you guys for listening to episode three. 
I love you. I hope you have a very nice day. Morgan, thank you for coming on. This what is, an absolute treat. What an absolute treat. And thank you to Boys Live for our matching sets. Um, check out their February collection because it's sick. I love you all. Have a very nice day. I'll see you back again next week. Bye.